Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. So glad to have you here with us on this Thursday. Today's edition of Lockdown Blue Devils is brought to you by our friends at Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. On today's show, as I mentioned, Grayson Loftus and Paul Davis set to join us here in just a little bit. They are two future Blue Devil commits on the football side of things, but thrilled to begin today's show by bringing in the Sports Illustrated Director of Football Recruiting and our Locked On Recruiting Insider, John Garcia Jr. And John, we've been talking a little bit. It's a brand new era for Duke football. It's a program that has never, ever dominated the football recruiting headlines. But nonetheless, if you want to win, if you want to succeed, recruiting is where you have to start. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, JJ. And Duke is one of those unique cells that we talk about in the industry where you're going to get strong academics, uh, obviously. And then when you get on the field, you know, you can sell kids on playing early, right? There's always a need for an influx of talent. Uh, and I think that helps Duke stretch its, its footprint from a recruiting standpoint beyond what you would expect. It's not just ACC territory and kind of that Atlanta to the Carolinas corridor. It, it should really be expanded. And I think that's probably the direction we're going to see Mike Elko and company go going forward. And I think that gives Duke, it just, I mean, it's just a numbers game, right? It gives you a larger margin for error because you're recruiting more talented uh, high school recruits in, in different areas. Elko putting together a staff to now have to go out and recruit the future. Elko's experience relying on that, I'm sure, is uh, something he's going to focus on at the start, being at big stops like Notre Dame, like Texas A&M. He played college ball at Penn, so he's very used to the uh, academic rigor that a university like Duke might have. But uh, playing at those bigger brand schools like a Notre Dame, like a Texas A&M, is that something you expect him to kind of use in his back pocket to help rely and, and build the recruiting background and blueprint for Duke? Of course, JJ. You know, when we talk about kids and, and who they get connected to on the trail, it's always people. It's not necessarily places or schools or brands. You know, we, we fall into the trap of thinking that the kids have a similar perception to these schools that we do because we're older and we've been around more. Uh, we've seen ups and downs at different, uh, you know, programs. But the kids don't really experience that. A lot of them, you know, don't start off as, as all in on football. They're playing other sports, doing other things, or maybe they come to the game later. But the point is you deal with kids through people. Uh, and, and oftentimes you see it on the recruiting trail where, you know, a coach makes a move and all of a sudden a player follows them. You're committing to people more than a coaching staff or even a school or football program. So I think Mike Elko's experience having recruited basically the eastern half of, of America all the way down to Texas uh, and having a lot of success, uh, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, including some NFL guys, I think those are the things that begin to resonate because now it's Mike Elko has helped develop XYZ, not Texas A&M or Notre Dame, or in this case, Duke has developed. It's, it's the people and the coaches who do that part. So I do think as you're trying to establish a recruiting culture and footprint, you, you want to reemphasize that, focus on the people, because um, the kids' perception can and will change with basically all programs involved in, in their recruiting process. So you expect Duke to be in early on kids uh, and to sell 
again, that entire vision of, of, you know, a ring in one hand, a degree in the other hand from a high academic institution, uh, supplemented by coaches who have been there, done that, you know, and, and you see high level college and even NFL footprints all over the staff that's been assembled. So I think that will sell as well. Take this however you want it, but I, uh, let's do the, the three to five year timeline, the past three to five years, where is Duke football at in terms of recruiting? Yeah, it's it's a hard sell. There's no doubt about it, uh, JJ. I, I do think, though, that there's the footprint that Duke lies within, both in the ACC and, and certainly regionally and geographically, there is an opportunity uh, to bring in consistent level talent. And I think uh, the perception of Duke, again, from those who, are, who have been around or are older, is that, hey, it's a struggling low-end ACC program that is – always on the cusp at best, uh, but but we've seen it, right? We've seen Duke challenge for the Coastal. We've seen Duke contend in the Coastal division in particular, and, and that division, I mean, to me, <laughs> the stability there doesn't exist because it never has, right? So I, I do think that creates a more flexible perception when it comes to Duke because you can go worse to first, and that division is about as, as, as recycling in nature as, as any in the sport. So I, I do think that, you know, it's, it's kind of corny, but you know, every year really does feel like a new year in the ACC coastal. And that gives the, the people who finished towards the bottom the year prior, a little bit more confidence and hope that they can turn it around quicker than most people expect. Plenty of reason to build excitement. And of course, we're not going to know results until we get into football season and see what exactly year one looks like for coach Elko to then be able to go and sell that and sell the Duke football identity, but he's already got started, as he should, as every college football staff should do. You know better than anybody, it truly is 365 days out of the year. His first couple commits are in. Uh, Grayson Loftus, the very first commit, a quarterback out of Gaffney, South Carolina, and then Paul Davis joining the mix as well, a wide receiver out of Hartwell, Georgia. Tell me a little bit about, in our Locked On Blue Devils listeners, about these two guys. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Grayson. I think he is an interesting quarterback recruit. You watch him on tape and you see a whole lot of trust in his own ability, which at that position is quite paramount. He's a good athlete uh, who can really move, uh, but he moves to throw. And I think that's what I like about his game. Uh, he's going to be a three-year starter by the time he gets to Duke, and you've seen that steady progression through his first couple years of high school football. So all those signs, statistics are all pointed in the right direction. But what I really like about his future uh, is his ability to throw the football off of different platforms. Usually you, you can be athletic, sure, but if you, if you can't translate that into a, a refined mechanical motion uh, and the ability to play off script, then you're, you're kind of doomed at the position because the game is getting wider, uh, the offenses are getting more, you know, uh, quick to process. You need to go, go, go right now. So you have to have some good athleticism at your foundation. And I do think he has that at his disposal. But again, I kind of like the, there's a bit of a gunslinger in him. Uh, There there are a lot of plays on tape where he is not getting through his drops. He is throwing sooner than I'm sure his coaches want him to, but he's fitting the football in there in the meantime. So he's got enough arm strength uh, and he's been uh, building and maturing physically. uh, Grayson has to the point where, you know, I, I think he's going to be a big frame quarterback by the time he gets to Duke. So I like the early identification by this coaching staff. And I liked for, for them that he committed so early because when you want to build the class, it really is about the quarterback position and, and only half the power five at this point 
uh, has a quarterback in the fold for the class of 2023. And Duke has had Grayson on board since January. So all those are very positive start uh, starting uh, elements to look into. And then Paul Davis, the wide receiver out of Hartwell, Georgia, joining the mix as well. Yeah, similar in terms of that he's a little bit raw. You know, I, I think the foundation is there physically. He's already like 6'2", 190s. He's already a big physical wide receiver, uh, has unbelievable ball skills, uh, a trait we don't talk enough about at the wide receiver position. We, we, we get lost in the hands and the route running and all that stuff. But you can go up and get the football and you can track it before that point. You, you've got some natural ability, and I, and I see that uh, throughout Davis's tape. Uh, he's probably most comfortable after the catch at this point. Uh, they, they throw him a lot of screens there at Hart County, and, and he can make some guys miss, but he can run through them as well at 190 pounds. So I think the foundation is there. There's certainly room to grow from a technical standpoint as a route runner. They don't ask him to do a whole lot, so I'd be curious to see what kind of jump he makes from junior year to senior year, but big physical great hands and ball skills and, and kind of a, a defensive mentality after the catch. And he actually plays a little bit of defense as well. So you like that in a wide receiver when you start to scout them. Um, but, but again, I think physically a high floor prospect, but technically he does have a long ways to go to improving uh, his already solid stock. So again, this is a nice early get. When you get the quarterback early, you can start building skill position talent thereafter. And I think that's what Duke looks like it's on its way to do. Yeah, just two commits so far for Mike Elko taking over for Duke football. Here we are in the month of May. You kind of look at a calendar here. Uh, is Duke behind schedule where they would want to be? Or, again, this is a fan base. Myself, I'll throw myself in this as well, where we're focused all the time on basketball recruiting. When is Peach Jam coming up? When are these big Nike <laughs> elephants coming up? It's different in the football world. So when does that next flurry come in, if any, and – are there any big targets out there that Duke should be aware of? Yeah, I mean, the state of North Carolina is one of, one of the best states in the country for high school football, certainly top That's 10. That's good to hear. Probably, probably creeping up the list. And again, that footprint extends to Atlanta, which has become, you know, as important a metro area to recruit as any in the country. It's like Atlanta, L.A., Houston, Miami, Dallas. I mean, those are really the, the biggest and best in the country. So uh, the footprint re regionally is there. Again, we expect Elko and company to expand that into Texas, into different parts of the country while selling that, that academic uh, standard that Duke has established. But look, don't, don't fret with the two commitments right now. Um, everybody is kind of going slow on purpose in recruiting. I think the ACC, you know, there's like nine teams that have five or less commitments right now. So it is certainly not a race for volume. Uh, it is more about patience and building what you want. That said, having said that, the summer will bring more commitments. It's just for a, a school like Duke, you got to get kids on campus for college camps. And that's where Elko and his staff will be able to not only offer and identify talent, but to prioritize that board uh, in the first full cycle, you know, under his watch. And I think those camps, those position camps that happen, June into July will really be where we see some more uh, prospects by nature start to pick Duke because they will not only work out to, to solidify their standing, but they'll be on campus, right? They'll see Durham, they'll see that beautiful architecture and all that stuff. So I do think that is a natural time to add to the commitment list, but I do think that it's still early uh, and they're still probably trying to navigate this plan here in the middle of the spring evaluation period. I know they've got coaches on the road uh, identifying some talent in person. So when, when the kids reciprocate that in the summer months, I do expect to see a little bit more action on the commitment front, again, especially with a quarterback on board. 
John, I really do appreciate the time as always. Looking forward to many more talks in the future and looking to see how exciting this Duke football program could be. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me, JJ. That's John Garcia Jr. joining us here on Lockdown Blue Devils. And coming up in just a moment, a chat with Grayson Loftus and Paul Davis themselves. We want to let you know about Bet Online, our big sponsor here. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, and this weekend's Run to the Roses at the Kentucky Derby. Bet Online is your continued source for all sports wagering information. Bet online where the game starts. Back on Lockdown Blue Devils here today, J.J. Jackson with a very special guest, Grayson Loftus, the quarterback of the future for the Duke Blue Devils, kind enough to join us here on the program. Grayson, I really do appreciate the time. Duke fans are so excited to see you playing there in Durham in the future. Tell me a little bit about uh, the decision to commit and play football at Duke. You know, first, I just want to say thank you for having me on. Um, and, you know, just Duke is a special place. Um, you know, when, when people ask me that question, I, I, that's all what I always leave with because it truly is, is a special area. Durham's just a special place um, filled with special people. Um, the, the energy in the air with the new staff, Coach Elko and Coach Johns, um, especially on the offensive side of the ball, it's just, it's just a new energy, new, you know, excitement about football that's in the air. Um, and it was it was hard to turn turn them down when they came and, and they offered us on, on that Saturday. And, you know, it was just hard to turn them down and say no and, and to see a future a, a program that's been good in the past. that just has such a bright future under this staff. Was Duke a school that you were hoping to hear from? Like when Grayson is dreaming about playing college football, was Duke one of those schools? Uh, yeah, it was um, when we first and kind of first initial got our interest from the previous staff. Um, Duke quickly kind of became our dream school um, just with how beautiful the campus was and and just what everything at Duke is about. Um, Duke's a national brand. Everybody from the smallest town in Georgia to the biggest town in California knows exactly who Duke is. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a brand, a national brand that can be built off of. Um, and, you know, so it was kind of a, one of our dream schools uh, growing up. We see that every single day on the basketball side of things. And over the past uh, nearly 20 years, Coach Cutcliffe had done that with the football, and, and Coach Elko is only going to take it to the next level. Tell me about your relationship that you had with Coach Cutcliffe and the previous staff, if any, Grayson. You know, we had a little bit of a relationship um, that kind of that, that kind of dwindled off towards the towards the end of, of his career and everything at Duke. Um, but you know, I wouldn't say that it was it was a super strong one, but we we had an acquaintance there. What were you looking for in a school when you were looking for uh, your college destination? Um, the the two biggest things we were looking for were was number one it was it was, was it a family atmosphere um you know we wanted a place that valued family that treated football like, a, like the football team as a family um and that's something coach elko truly has built they were honest up front with us about everything that they were hoping to build and that they were expecting from their guys um and everything he said to us up to this point has been has been true and that was the number one mark of of, of for us is, is was it a family um and number two is just the competition um, we wanted to come out and when, especially in those practices and see people competing and getting after it day in and day out. Um, and I think with everybody on staff's background and where they've come from and how they've gotten to do, you know, you, you see that value of, of competition um, at every level. And you look at Coach Johns, who's, who's been top 10 in the country in offense everywhere he's been in the last 10 years. So, you know, he's, he's one of those guys who truly values competition and production. And, and Coach Elko's the same way. I think that Duke football, I should put out a graphic talking about 28 uh, NFL guys under under Elko at Texas A&M and his, his, his past. And, you know, I think that's something we valued um, in choosing Duke was just the the 
a level of competition that that, that staff values. Gretchen, we've heard you mention we and us uh, when you're talking about the college football recruitment process. I would imagine that you're referring to your family. How big of a decision did you want this to be with your family included? You know, it was huge. Um, you know, I touched on family being the biggest thing we were looking for, and that's because family plays a huge role in, in my in my life as well. I wouldn't be anywhere I'm at today without my two parents um, and without my sister. So, you know, being having such a tight, close-knit, tight family, um, you know, really tr truly – gave me the the insight on what what it took and what it what I wanted in a school um, to be able to go in and walk into a family atmosphere. So yeah, family played a huge role. Um, I wanted my, my grandma and my grandparents to become be able to come watch me play on Saturdays. So you know that was that was a huge, huge deciding factor for me as well. I know that the story goes it's a Saturday visit up to Durham and you don't leave before telling the coaching staff that this is where you want to play and that you want to be a Duke Blue Devil. What kind of were those first interactions, though, with Coach Elko and Coach Johnson? Honestly, just walk us through that full day, Grayson. Did you go up expecting the day to play out the way it did, or what were you expecting? So, you know, the the part of the people that don't realize is is we had we'd only been talking to the Duke staff for two weeks um, before before that day. Um, so, you know, we we had plans to go that next weekend, and we were we were making our decision um, that the that next weekend. Um, and so, you know, when we walked up and we got there that Saturday, um, it all just kind of started off with, with spending the day with Coach Johns and, and getting to know him a little bit on a personal level um, and then and meeting with Coach Elko and having a 35, 40-minute conversation with him um, where everything he said was just true and real to us. Um, you know, he didn't try and sugarcoat anything. He didn't try and, and tell us anything we wanted to hear. He just told us what he, his, he told us his spiel and, and was just honest with us. You know, he wasn't trying to, to sugarcoat and tell us what we wanted to hear. It was just honest and everything was 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 real about it. Um, you know, the biggest thing that I, I noticed, too, was he did, they weren't just recruiting me. The, the school was recruiting my parents as well. They wanted my parents to make sure that they were comfortable with everything um, that Duke has to offer and that Duke is. So, you know, we did we weren't expecting it to be what it was and how plan out play out how it did. But um, we were definitely happy and excited that, that it definitely played out how it did. Yeah, well, I mean, what's that car ride back home like then, Grayson? Like, <laughs> you leave and you've committed all of a sudden. Yeah, no, I think when we left, um, you know, we hadn't we hadn't quite had told the coaches quite yet. They, I think they had a pretty good idea, but I, okay. I got in the car. I, I told my mom and dad, I said, you know, guys, I think that's the place for us. Um, and that was kind of the conversation we had. Um, and, you know, we, we actually called them that Sunday night. Um, and that was that was the official. Um, we called Coach Elko um, and, and put him on the phone and. And we told him what, what our plans were and, and that we were going to be his first guide to, to kind of build this class around. And, um, you know, we we hit the ground running from there and it was just all excitement on our end. How cool is that? I mean, Mike Elko takes over. What a big career he's had as a defensive coordinator. And now he gets to be the head man in the ACC, rebranding, rebuilding a, a football program like Duke. And you're the first high school recruit that commits to Coach Elko. How cool is that? You know, it was, it was an awesome experience. Um, it was kind of something we had the chance to do, um, and we wanted to be – that was important to us. We kind of wanted to be, to be that first guy for Coach Elko um, because it, ultimately he took a chance on us um, to, to be able to be that guy. So, you know, it was I've – always, I've always valued loyalty in, in, that, in that aspect of recruiting because you don't find it a whole lot. Um, so when he, he, he gave us that opportunity and gave us the chance to be his first guy um, we wanted to jump on that and take that opportunity. So it was a blessing and, and a fun opportunity. Um, and me and him will always have a special bond because of because of me being his first guy and, and him being one really truly the, the first guy to give me a, a chance. You pointed out the draft success that Coach Elko had at Texas A&M, and, and you want to look at the draft. It's 
uh, you know, currently happening at the NFL level right now. And we'll see future Blue Devils in the future years get that chance to play at the next level. Daniel Jones, obviously one of the most noteworthy quarterbacks coming to mind, a top 10 player, a top 10 pick that wore Duke across his chest and is now playing at the next level. Uh, did that give you any comfort or confidence knowing that, okay, I can play football in that quarterback position at a school like Duke and make it to the next level? Yeah, it did. Um, I think, you know, Duke's got a long history of putting guys in the NFL. Um, so, you know, I think having a guy like Daniel Jones who, who's come to Duke and kind of taken a similar a similar walk and, and made it, you know, been that number six overall pick in, that, in, his, in his draft class did give us a little bit of comfort. Um, but then again, too, it was a – we had found the right place for us and we knew that, you know, God's got a plan and it's going to work out however it works out. And we, we trusted Coach Elko and Coach Johns that, you know, as long as we do our part and they do their part, everything's going to take care of itself and, and we'll get to where, where we're supposed to be at. Knowing that in your playing career, you're going to get to be a part of the Duke and UNC rivalry. How exciting is that? I mean, that's a nationally known rivalry, and you're going to get to be the quarterback in it. You know, I think it's something I've felt since since we committed was just the, the rivalry already. Um, you know, where I live at is it's it's almost a little bit Tar Heel country um, just because just of our, our geographical location. So I think I felt it a little bit since I've already committed, and it's, it's a blast. Um, I love it. I think, you know, getting a glimpse of it with the Duke North Carolina basketball rivalry. Um, you know, I think it could be that I can it can be that with football. Um, it can be that same high animosity, hatred of a relationship. So, you know, I think, you know, us getting back on top of that rivalry um is is obviously a goal. Um, but you know, it's 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 exciting exciting to be a part of. We've got the victory bell each and every year, and it looks way better in the Duke state of blue than it does in that, uh, in that Carolina blue, that's for sure. All right, you mentioned that now you're the first commit in this Duke class. Paul Davis is the second at the wide receiver position. Have you guys been able to connect, and what's that kind of been like? Yeah, Paul's a special guy. Um, you know, I think he's not only a great player, but he's a great kid. Um, you know, he's – Somebody that me, I've got the chance to get to know um, on a, on a few visits, and I got to know his parents a little bit, and I have no doubt that you know he's he's a really really good dude that joins this that joins our this class and this group, and um, being able to play with a guy like him um, is going to be fun and, and a special and a special opportunity. What kind of offense do you feel kind of most comfortable in, and and, and what do you enjoy running the most? You know, I like I like the pro style the. Uh, just whatever it takes to win. Um, you know, I like, I like what we're, what coach Johns is doing at Duke. Um, it, it fits us perfectly with the, the spread uh, going to have to throw the ball to win the game, uh, but not completely abandoning the run. You know, I think it, it, you got to be balanced to win football games. So, you know, just, just whatever it takes to win the football game is, is where I fit in. Grayson, if I say the words Dutch fork state championship game, what, what comes to mind for you? Uh, relief. <laughs> um, I think people ask, always ask me, you know, was it what was it what the, would you was the feelings what you thought it was, and I always tell no, you know, I always thought it would be a different, you know, kind of emotional feeling, but it was more of a a sigh of relief at the end of the game, and that you know you you did it, you know, what I mean, it was a, a group of a group of guys, we we had a tight knit team, stuff that just fell our way all year, um, and I had no doubt that that that, that game was going to fall our way. Um, but you know, it was a it was a special it was a special moment in the time, and there's there's clips of of everybody crying and everybody on their knees just looking up and hugging each other. And, you know, I think it's just – it's just a, it describes that moment perfectly when you look up and there's 11,000 people there from Gaffney that have been waiting nine years to get back to that – to the, the pinnacle of high school football in the state of South Carolina. And, you know, I think it was just a, a blessing and a special, a special chance to be a part of that. 
And, and to add to that, for folks that might not be aware, Dutch Fork wins 62 straight games. They had won five state championships at that 5A level. And your school, Gaffney High, able to pick up the state championship victory. With that in mind, I mean, yes, we're super – I would imagine you're super excited about the future to play college football. But the high school career is not done, Grace. And how much, how much pride do you have to go out there and, and finish your last year uh, with a lot of success? And maybe what kind of goals do you still have in your high school football career? You know, there's a, definitely a lot of pride in it. Um, Gaffney is a place known for winning championships. Uh, they had 21 state championships in their career. So, you know, I think when, you, when you're at a place like this, you know, there's definitely a little bit of an edge and chip on your shoulder. And to, to continue the winning and be a, continue and be a part of that, those groups that they win football games and bring, bring uh, trophies back to Gaffney. Um, so, yeah, I definitely got a little bit of a chip on my shoulder still. Of, of the job's not done at Gaffney High School yet, and Duke's going to be there um, when this season's over. So we're definitely still focused um, on taking this 2022 Gaffney football team and, and win another state championship. How about that? So high school football will be here before you know it, and then you'll be heading off to Duke. Have you thought about uh, early enrollee, or or what's kind of your college football future? Do you think, Grayson? Yeah, so I'm I'm going to mid year. Um, I'll, okay. I'm going to enroll in January and be there for spring ball. Why do you think that's important, or why did you want to do that? You know, just a chance to get on campus, um, kind of get a get started a, a academically, get get an extra semester and start start a little earlier for us, and uh, football wise just a chance to get in the offense a little bit, learn, you know, be able to come in and get to know the guys on the team. Um, so that way when, when, the, when, the, when the season hits, you know, if, if, depending on the situation we're in, you know, I, I've been a part of the team. I've been a part of the, the squad for a little while and have a good grasp of, of not only college school-wise, but college and football-wise as it turns to that, as it is a big, big transition to the next level. Grayson, you had mentioned you kind of want to be able to now help recruit the rest of the class. Again, just two commits right now in the class of 2023 for, for Duke football. What does that look like? Are you actively reaching out to guys? Or are you talking with the coaching staff a little bit about that? Or what does that look like for you? Yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm reaching out to, to anybody and everybody who gets a Duke offer. Um, you know, <laughs> just talking with Coach Johns and, and, the, and the offensive staff on – and Coach Elko on who they who they want, who their top guys are, and and you know just reaching out to them and, and just get letting them get a chance to know, to know me and and build that relationship a little bit and ultimately make Duke football the best that it can be. What's the one last message you want to leave Duke football fans with or Duke Blue Devil fans with, Grace, about the future? The future is really bright. Um, I think there's a there's a lot of excitement and a lot of confidence in the staff, and it is well earned by the staff. Um, you know, I think with them. You're getting a, a group of guys who want nothing for but for Duke football to be the best that it can be. Um, and, and they're recruiting guys who, who are hardworking, guys who love football just as much as they do, who want who love Duke just as much as they do. So, you know, I think the future's bright. The future is there. Um, but just now time to, to come out to games in the fall and be excited about it and, and pack out um, Wallace Wade Stadium. Grayson, so we certainly do appreciate the time. Thanks for joining me today on Locked on Blue Devils. I appreciate you for having me anytime. That's Grayson Loftus, the quarterback of the future, here with us. Welcome back into the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. J.J. Jackson here with, again, another very special guest, Paul Davis, kind enough to join us, a class of 2023 wide receiver from Hartwell, Georgia, the second commit in the class. We heard from Grayson Loftus, the quarterback, a little bit earlier. Now we get a chance to catch up with the wide receiver, Paul Davis. Paul, I appreciate you joining us on the podcast here. Tell me this, what, what was Duke a school that you were hoping to hear from when you started your recruiting process? It was a shocking to hear from them, 
but I always knew that Duke, uh, a prestigious school like Duke, would come, come, come for me. What were you hoping to find when you were trying to figure out what school you wanted to go to and that sort of thing? Like, what were you looking for when you were trying to decide the school you wanted to go to? The bond, the bond with me, my coaches, and my family. Tell me about that. Tell me about the bond that you've gotten. The bond that I have with Duke is very, very close. And, like, they come to my school every month, talk to me. They send me stuff in the mail. And they don't even just send me stuff. They send my parents stuff, which doesn't have my name on nothing. It says my parents' name. I let them read that. It's all for them. They call me, text me every day. It's, it's a great thing. So is it is it is it Zon Burden? Is it the wide receiver coach that you're hearing from? Is it Coach Elko? Is it Coach Johns, the offensive coordinator? Like, tell Duke fans who all's been reaching out to you. The whole coaching staff. <laughs> it's every single one of them. What do you like about Coach Burden? Let's talk about him specifically. He's going to be the wide receiver coach. Tell me about your relationship with him. It's like I feel like he's a bigger brother to me, and when we talk, we don't just talk about football. We talk about all of the other stuff. We just really, when we talk on the phone or when we together, we talk more about personal life, how I'm doing, how he doing. Um, and, and when we do get on the football subject, he tells me what to get better. So when I get up to do, I'm already a step ahead. I think I saw that he came and visited you there there in Hartwell, uh, you and your family. How much did that mean to you, that, that this future coach of yours came all the way to your hometown, to your house, to your family to form that relationship? It felt, I felt kind of special that he did that because not a lot of people get the opportunity. And when he did that, it was more, he told me he was coming, so I knew he was coming. And I didn't think nothing about it until he got there. And we just started just talking. I walked around, I walked him around the whole school. He met my mom, my basketball coach, baseball coach. He met all of them. Tell me about your relationship with Coach Elko. Coach Echo is a fun dude, and he's a fun dude, and I love Coach Echo to death. Um, he told me when I first committed, he said, Paul, you made a great decision. You made a decision that's not for four years, it's for 40 years. And that right there really made me feel like I'm not going nowhere. Yeah. Uh, you have any relationship with Coach Johns, the offensive coordinator? Have you spoken with him? Me and Coach John talk every other day. He actually came to my school last week. Okay. And he watched me work out, and he allows me – he tells me about the playbook and stuff and shows me what is going like, how I'm going to be using the offense and stuff like that. Does it seem like it's going to be a big adjustment for you from high school football to college? Like when you look at that college playbook, what's that like? I want to say it's a big adjustment because my old head coach – which um, he left this year. He was offense coordinator at Georgia Southern. So okay. I'm used to having a college playbook. What do you think is your best skill as a wide receiver, Paul? My physicality and my jump ball. Tell me about that. I'm the type of receiver that I like to get dirty with it. I like to, I like blocking. I like the contact. And then my 50-50 balls – if you throw the ball up, I'm going to go get it. There's no choice. I'm going to go get it. What playing size? Like, are they? T is the coaching staff telling you how much weight they want you to add or anything like that? Like, what is your goal in terms of 
how you want to look when you start playing college ball? Right now, I'm six foot one, one ninety, and my plan is to be six foot one and two ten. I'm trying to be a big receiver. Okay, <laughs> what's it going to take to add those twenty pounds then? Whatever Duke put me on that meal plan. <laughs> Do you enjoy the weight room? Yes, I love the weight room. What do you like about it? I just like, I, for some reason, I like to feel a pain. Like when you're in the weight room, you, it's just you in the bar. It's just you in the bar, and it's you battling that bar and see who's going to win. So we take a look at Duke football, and I got to talk with Grayson a little bit about this earlier. And you guys are some of the first commits in the Mike Elko era of Duke football, a program that was led by Coach Cutcliffe for over a decade, and they were able to do a lot of great things. Uh, but it was time for a change. It was time for something new, something fresh. And so Coach Elko comes in. What does it mean that you get to be a part of sort of this new start, this refresh for Duke football, and knowing that you are one of the first commits to Mike Elko? It's like when before I even committed, I went on a visit. I committed like two days or three days after my visit. And we were sitting in Coach Echo's office. It was me, my mom, my dad, and him. We were talking about it. And he told me about Grayson, um, that how we already got a quarterback committed. So I'm thinking in my head, I want to go to a school where I already know the quarterback's committed, get to know him, how everything works. So right after I left the campus, I followed Grayson on Twitter, Instagram, and I DM'd him. And I said, I'm thinking about committing. What are you going to do for the program? And I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. And when Grayson told me what he was going to do and what I was going to do, it was all on the same boat, which made me think this is going to be a place where we can win ACC championships, national championships. Who doesn't want to go to Duke? Like, it's a prestigious school. We have, Duke on your, we have Duke on your front. That's, that means something. So tell me more about that relationship then with Grayson. Have you guys been staying in touch ever since that? I mean, you've been committed for a few months now. Yeah, so I went up there for not that spring game. It was a week before that spring game, and it was me and Grayson. We was up there on the visit, and that's when I felt like me and Grayson got close because we was able – we was around each other the whole day. We went out to eat with our families. Um, they took us on a campus tour. After that, we went and we played on – we played pool at their uh, freshman dorm. So we just really built that bond. So you talk about having the relationship with the quarterback and then trying to build out the class. Grayson said his move now has been, okay, if someone gets an offer from Duke, I instantly want to reach out to them and try and form a relationship with them and tell them why we can win ACC championships at Duke and that sort of thing. Are you doing the same thing? Are you trying to help recruit the class? Yes, because we were the first um, recruiting class of Coach Echo, and we're trying to go. We're trying to make a bang. We're not trying to. This ain't no rebuilding stage. This is just straight ACC championships when we get there. And one big person I'm trying to recruit right now is offensive lineman Jordan Knox. Okay. Okay. Uh, do, do you like Duke's chances of getting Jordan Knox? Yes. I was testing him on Snapchat, and he said he's going to drop his commitment May 15th. And okay. he said the schools was Duke, Northwestern, and 
I forgot the old school. Well, Duke's the only one that matters. Duke's the only yes. one that matters. So we'll be on the lookout for that on uh, on May 15th. Knowing that you're going to get to be a part of one of the greatest rivalries in all of college sports, in all of sports, period, and Duke and North Carolina, Duke and UNC, I mean, I could see the look on your face. How excited are you that you get to be a part of that rivalry? I'm excited because I always dreamed of, like, being in a big-time rivalry like in my town. Our rivalry is Hart County Bulldogs versus Elbert County Blue Devils. So I'm going against the Blue Devils. Now I'm going to beat the Blue Devil. <laughs> That's awesome. So, you, you mentioned that you play basketball, and, uh, you know, Duke is very well known for their basketball program. How awesome is that, that you get to go to Duke and, and, and knowing that the basketball team is, is as talented as they are? I really don't worry about, like, Duke basketball team because it's more – I feel personally – I feel like people – when people think of Duke, they're like, okay, Duke basketball. I want them to think of Duke, Duke football, as in – Duke, you can come Duke to play any sport, and you know you're going to be getting the best coaching in all sports. So I, I love that answer. I love that, and you're right. I'd love for it to be more of a national topic, the Duke football program, and I think it's going in that right direction with you and Grayson and the rest of the class that's coming together. Can't wait for this upcoming season. Speaking of the upcoming season, you're not going to Duke just yet, Paul. You still have a little bit of high school left. I'm curious, what kind of goals do you have for the rest of your high school football career? So, actually, I'm going to early enroll in December. So, I'm going to play my last year of high school football. Okay. Now, I'm not playing basketball or baseball. So, my last year of football, my goals are, one, to win the region championship. You got to start off winning the region championship. No, I can't say that. You got to start off winning every day at a time. If you win every day at a time, then the region championship will come. Then, you got five rounds of playoffs. You win every playoff game. And then next is state championship but personal my personal goal is to build a better bond my teammates so when i leave here they don't think about paul the d1 athlete that just left they're gonna think of paul the great teammate and the person i can come to at any time so i want to talk a little bit more about those hart county bulldogs as you mentioned being their star wide receiver what what's been your favorite memory of high school football so far i have I have two. Okay, give them to me. One, one is my freshman year at Pierce County. It's when I got the – we was in the Sweet 16, and, like, nobody knew who I was. I was just a, a little 5'11", 170 receiver. And I had got the game – kind of like the game-winning touchdown in overtime. That was one of my favorite ones. That's when people started recognizing me because the next the – next, um, in the Elite 11 game, they had started double-teaming me, and I didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> and my second one is when I caught that Hail Mary catch against Ringo my junior year. I mean, those are great, and you got one more season to make highlight play after highlight play and go out uh, with a bang before you go to Duke. So Grayson also said he's going to be an early enrollee. Talk to me about that decision. What? Why did you want to come in early? To get ahead, and I feel – like me personally, I feel like I am. I've been in high school for four years. I've been in our system for five because I was up there in my eighth grade year, and I feel I'm really just tired of high school. Period. And I feel like I'm more mature enough to go to college and start college early, 
and especially just to get my degree early. Uh, you mentioned mom and dad a little bit earlier that they were a part of your visits, that they got the chance to meet a lot of the coaching staff and that sort of thing. How big of a role have they played in your life? How big of a role have they played in your football career? And uh, how excited are they that you're going to be joining the Duke football program? They're very excited. It's not a lot of words I could say that explain how my parents been in my life, how to control my life. It's my mom's a teacher, my dad's a police officer, so I have some of the best parents, best people to look after me and to make sure I'm disciplined enough. Um, Grades-wise, my mom is a high school teacher, so every time I go to school, I see her, and she asks me how I'm doing, how my grades. When I get home, my dad, he asks me, did you do Did you do right at school today? It's just, it's great because some people have two parents in their household, and I'm glad to have two good ones in my household. Do you have any siblings, Paul? Are they excited about the, the chance for you to go play college football? I have four siblings, and they are excited. Every time I go to Duke, they ask me, where where's my Duke shirt at? Where's my Duke hoodie at? <laughs> you got to hook them up over the next couple of years. Paul, do you, do, do you feel 100% committed to your commitment? Like, Do you feel like you're going to be a Duke Blue Devil at the end of the day, or are you still kind of keeping everything open? I'm committed right now. But it's a lot of coaches trying to show love right now. They try to change my mind. Like, for example, Auburn came by the school last Monday, South Carolina, Middle Tennessee. A lot of schools are coming. But as me, I, I made a commitment, and that commitment is going to stay in. And it's nothing that really going to change my mind because uh, when Coach Echo, I talked to Coach Echo and Coach Bird. The bond I have with them is not going to break nothing anytime soon. That's what we like to hear. What's your uh, what's your go ahead your go away message here to Duke football fans? Like, what do they need to know about Paul Davis, and and what can they expect for the Duke football program? In the next four years, we're going to have an ACC um, title. We're going to have more than one. We're going to be the most hardworking team. The mo the team that you're going to know is going to be in the top twenty five. We're going to be one of the best teams in the nation. We're going to be able to compete with. ACC, ACC, Pac-12, Big Ten. We're going to be one of the best teams in the whole nation. That's awesome, Paul. We look forward to watching you playing for the Duke Blue Devils. Can't wait.